I'm out of breath. 37 weeks pregnant. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Today's gospel begins with a request of Philip. Sir, we wish to see Jesus. But in the King James translation, translation, it's a little bit stronger. Sir, we would see Jesus. It's more of a demand. It expresses a sense of urgency, a sense of entitlement. In today's culture, the idea of entitlement brings about negative connotations. For me, it means that you belong to my generation, and everything that's wrong with our society is our fault, right? because we were coddled too much as children. Quick shout out to my parents who will listen later because they think I'm awesome. (laughs) (laughs) However, today's gospel invites us to reimagine what entitlement means. Another way that we can think about entitlement is our inherent right to claim something of great value. Because in today's story, the presence of genuine love has knocked down the power structures that separates people from what belongs to them. As children of God, we all have the right to acknowledge that we are holy, that we are beloved, that we are created with purpose. We have the right to claim our gifts, to share those gifts, and to bathe in the joy of God's love. In today's gospel, there are a group of people whose souls are troubled, and their instinct is to demand an audience with their God. Remember that these particular people are Gentiles, meaning they're not Jewish, and during that time, Gentiles were thought of people who didn't know the true God. They were on the outside of religious culture. They were thought of as unclean, unworthy, And yet these are the people who feel they have a right to claim an audience with Jesus. And I imagine to the religious elite present who wouldn't even speak the name of God or draw a picture of God, they thought this demand was further evidence of Jesus' lack of divinity. They could throw that on the pile labeled radical Jesus and why he isn't God. Yet it's precisely Jesus' radical nature that points to his divinity. In today's lesson from Jeremiah, we read, The days are surely coming when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel. No longer will they teach one another, for they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest. For I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sins no more. That's a pretty powerful promise from the Old Testament. And in today's gospel, we are witnessing the fruition of that promise. Even Gentiles feel that they have access to God. And not just semi-access, where they're directed through the appropriate channels so that they can connect to the divine, but direct. No strings attached access. Sir, we would see Jesus. In that one claim, I can hear the echo of the Old Testament ringing out, for they shall all know me, from the least to the greatest. And yet, there are still power structures in place today that cause us to shrink just a little bit. We are told that we aren't pretty enough or smart enough. 
In today's culture, one out of every four young women in college have an eating disorder. The suicide rates are off the charts. In our culture, we are made to think that we don't belong, that our family is different, or that what we have to offer is not unique enough. In a sense, the world robs us of our confidence and we fade into the shadows just enough not to be noticed. We stop claiming the holy that was given to us at our birth because we have forgotten that it was ever there. We all have our Gentile identities, ways that society is set up to prevent us from integrating, from feeling like we belong. But as children of God, it is our right to demand an audience with Jesus because we belong to him, because we were made in his image. Are you gay? I hope you hear it from somebody in the pulpit that you belong. Are you black? Your skin color is probably closer to Jesus's than mine, and you belong. Are you female? Did you notice who Jesus trusted with the central piece of his message? He has risen. It was Mary Magdalene. It was a female. You belong. Are you a criminal? So was Paul. Yet he went on to write the most books of the Bible as anyone else did. Are you a white man feeling the pains of a society overcorrecting itself? Jesus didn't appreciate overcorrecting. You belong. Are you not very intelligent? If you read anything about Peter, it seems to elicit uh, an image of eye rolling every time. Yet he was beloved by Jesus. Are you too fat, too skinny, too shy, speak with an accent or anything else that might make you feel like you don't belong in God's family? Today's story is telling you that your creator is radically in love with you and therefore gives you unrestrained access to him. Still, I understand that sometimes knowing about that access is not enough for, for us to feel that access. There have been times in my life when I badly wanted to connect to the creator, practically screaming in my prayers, where are you? And the silence that I heard in return was deafening. I know that that happens. I remember on the day that I was to be ordained a priest, I walked into a packed church where everyone was singing St. Patrick's Breastplate. Do you guys know it? I bind myself. Okay, I won't sing it. But it's not important. <laughs> but they're all singing, right? And I suddenly was seized with this overwhelming fear that I wasn't good enough that I couldn't be a priest. I had this sudden urge to run from the church, and I thought, I'm not saying my vows. After all, I was young. I was inexperienced. To tell you the truth, I wasn't really the star student of my hospital chaplaincy class. I didn't feel like I could preach a sermon in front of people. And I knew deep down in my soul that I was not a very good person and it was a painfully lonely moment. 
And suddenly, if you know the hymn, there's a part where it changes. The tune changes, and everyone started singing these words, Christ be with me, Christ within me, Christ behind me, Christ before me, Christ beside me, Christ to win me, Christ to comfort and restore me, Christ beneath me, Christ above me, Christ in quiet, Christ in danger, Christ in hearts of all that love me, Christ in mouth of friend and stranger. And at that moment, I felt the warmth of the Holy Spirit wrap herself around me and my fears melted. Sometimes our fears are too much and we cannot break through them on our own to feel the presence of God. For me, in that moment, the packed church gifted me access to God. At that crucial juncture where my courage failed and I almost ran out of the church, experiencing my Gentile identity in the most public encountering with God, what is exactly what I needed. Essentially, the grace I felt from God was intimately connected to the fact that I embraced my true identity amidst so many people who were different from me, who might judge me, who might deem me unworthy. God does not require us to be different from who we are, but only that we have the social courage to bring all that we are to all that we do. In that moment, I had to trust the people around me with holding me up as I felt so exposed. Their faith, their prayers, and their worship lifted me to a place where I could accept pure love. And that's why we come to church. It's why we kneel shoulder to shoulder with one another as we eat his body and drink his blood. Sometimes, Acceptance of Christ's radical access requires courage, and sometimes we just don't have that courage. And that's why we come to the altar for healing instead of sitting in our pews alone. It's why we study the Bible together at Sunday school instead of keeping it in our nightstands for our eyes only. It's why we faithfully show up to Pancake Supper every year, despite the fact that, let's be real, almost none of us like Pancake Supper. Because together, we might believe that we are part of something bigger. We just might believe that we belong, and that belief can lift the veil that the world has put over our eyes, and we just might be able to see ourselves as God sees us. And in the process... See Jesus too. Amen.